control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Coming up tonight, the latest on the polygamist sect in Texas and the tragedy that is surrounding, uh, that is their case. Uh, it is probably the one of the most tragic occurrences in the history of uh, the, the government being involved in, well, dealing with people's families. And uh, they, they're calling it... Uh, they're, they're calling it, I guess, one of the largest child welfare operations in history. But I don't think that's really accurate. I, I think it's one of the largest uh, chi- child tragedies. They've taken 400 kids away from their homes and uh, on the basis of nothing more than a, an accusation from someone they don't even know who it is. So we'll get to they that. They have a lead. Do they really? Mm. All right, we'll get to that. Uh, but first, we've got to go to the phones because that's what the show's about. Your calls about anything to the amp line and Ziggy in the UK. You're on Free Talk Live. Hi, <clears throat> Hi guys. Um, before I start on my rant about liberals, um, you've had an email. You had an email in the week from Metal Giant. Yes, about um, uh, about pets. Animal welfare. Yes, about uh, how he believes that people should not be able to own pets. Though he's he made it clear yeah. he doesn't want to force his belief system on others. He just wants to persuade them to believe similarly. Well, it turns out I actually know him. Oh, he's, he's from over here. Yeah, he mentioned so, that. Sure, if you're listening, now they know. <laughs> it's a small world. Anyways, <laughs> anyways basically, um, I remember I, a while back I said that liberal, all liberals ever do is whine about other people's media. Mm-hmm. Um, they never set up their own, they just whine about other people's. Now, it's a very well, general statement because they certainly are trying to. There's the Air America Network here in America, and there's a, actually a couple other competing uh, so-called progressive or liberal, whatever you want to call them, uh, networks that are out there. So, yeah, it's a, generally it seems to be true about most of them, but there are exceptions to that rule. Well, anyways, they tried to hijack one of my websites. Whoa. Um, basically, I am a member of, of what could be loosely called a liberal party here. Mm-hmm. And they started attacking me for not putting up their banner, but linking to the British Libertarian Party. And I pointed out, I said, look, it's not a per- you know, I'm, I'm, I'm only developing this site at the moment. And I said, it's, it's not, you know, my site. You know, it is a libertarian site. Mm-hmm. And that is different. But they wouldn't be having it. I mean, they ha- this is a party which tried to have me expelled when I stuck up for free speech. Hmm. Um, I, I openly criticized a candidate who said, oh, I believe in free speech, but I don't think political extremists should have the right to free speech. And I said, well, then you don't believe in free speech. And I, you know, went public about it. Um, and so, you know, I, I, I said, you know, I don't speak for, for this party. I speak for myself. And you should remember, you don't own me. So they targeted your website as, res- as a result? Well, basically, they, they, uh, I, uh, complaints were made um, because I'd made, I, I had said that basically they, um, they, they were false in, you know, the, the, you know, a lot of liberals will tell you how much they care, but then when you challenge them about, you know, getting off their backsides and actually doing something, then they, they, then they start making excuses. Well, it's and easy to care when you've got the government out there doing all the, uh, the dirty work for you. Where, where you can well, just advocate that the government take people's money by force and then just pawn off uh, taking care of the poor on the government. You don't actually have to lift a finger. 
Well, yes. Unfortunately, we have a different system over here, Ian, which is a lot less individualist. Um, basically, um, I, 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 have, I have said that basically they should look to, you know, I, I would rather people look to other people to, to, to you know, to, to create help rather than look to the government. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I do believe, you know, people can cooperate with one another and, for, for, you know, if they, believe in the co if they do believe in common good. Yeah, but they know, don't, they do they? Yeah, that, 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 is, that is the problem, and that's what I'm trying to encourage. Um, but as, as it goes, a complaint, complaints, more than one complaint was made to the headquarters of, the, uh, of this party. And the next thing I know, I'm getting phone calls from, for, you know, from you know, the local party complaining mm -hmm. and actually saying, oh, we've had complaints from, the head, uh, you know, from HQ. Now, on the upside, I'm glad that basically someone took note of what I was saying at HQ, but, of course, you know, then they tried to have me expelled. And even, you know, even liberals, essentially liberals, do, you know, over here, have usually been the stronger um, party when it comes to civil liberties. And, of course, free speech is a civil liberty. You know, mm -hmm. every person is born with the right to free speech. And free speech is black and white. You either have it or you don't. As soon as you put, start putting restrictions on it, it is no longer free speech. It's true. I mean, now yesterday we had... We had a, dis a disgraceful uh, verdict yesterday. Um, basically, uh, okay, the, these guys were Islamic extremists, and, and you know I don't think they're good people. But they were done for incitement to terrorism. But what does that mean? You know, if I told you or, or Mark to go out and kill, you wouldn't because you would make that choice. Mm -hmm. Right, exactly. It's a very dodgy thing, incitement. And you know the Nuremberg trials actually proved. That, that that was false because you know all the all the German officers were sitting there going you know we were following orders and the court said no you made your own choice. Yeah, everybody that follows bad orders originally made the choice to follow the orders in the first place. So they are all individually responsible. Uh, and to suggest that someone else is responsible for whipping them into a frenzy, I think takes away that individual responsibility. If you're uh, just because you have a megaphone yelling to a crowd, if the crowd does what you suggest, I think they're the ones that should be charged, not the person yelling into a megaphone. Because there's, there's, there's connotations here. I mean, you know, if you see an advert for a washing up liquid, you don't suddenly rush out and buy that washing up liquid, do you? Well, no. <laughs> no, exactly. That's, that, that, it's the same kind of thing. You, 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 you could see, if, if, you know, you could see incitement being taken. Uh, you know, the, le the lefties saying, "Oh, we live in this consumer society, and it's all bad because, yeah, because these companies tell us to go and buy these goods, but they're, they're somehow." you know, putting spells upon people to go, go and, you know, buy whatever through advertising. Well, you know, it makes sense that the, the, the lefties would lean away from uh, the idea of individual responsibility. So, that, you know, that sort of makes sense. But what was this website that they were, uh, that you were administrating well, I, I for really the party? I don't really plug it because it's, it's, it's in development, but I, uh, I, I'll quickly say. It's called the, the DeviantLibertarian.net. So is it tied in with the uh, with that liberal party that you're referring to? No, 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 it's not. It's, it's entirely my own my own creation. I mean, but they're I'm upset the about what's they're upset about what's on it. Well, yeah, they were upset that I linked to another political party and not theirs. And I, I see. said, you, you know, I might be a member of this party, but it wasn't appropriate for me on that site to support it. You know, if I had if I had a a site uh, about Morris dancing, they wouldn't expect me to put. You know, political banners on that, would they? Hmm. I mean, I also have the, the men's fashion freedom site. There's no political banners on that whatsoever. I, uh. was, I was livid. I said, you know, you can't control me. You don't own me. You know, 
And they were saying, well, you should show some loyalty to the party. I said, no, I do. Oh, you know, I do campaign for this party. I, I can't stand the idea of party loyalty. I find it so disgusting. And Ziggy, thank you for the call tonight. This idea that you should be loyal to the party no matter what, no matter who's running for it. It's just, uh, it's patently absurd. The, the libertarians are even guilty of this. Uh, some of them are. not. I'm, I don't want to make, like, make it sound like I'm painting all of them with this brush. But there are people within the libertarian party who have this attitude of, well... You know, if there's a uh, liberty-minded candidate who's running on the Republican Liberty Caucus or Democratic Freedom Caucus ticket, you should stick with our Libertarian Party candidates because party loyalty is what's important. We're the party of principle, and that's what's important. Don't go with those other parties. And it's just, it's not the idea uh, that that I at least understood the party was all about, and that is individual liberty. And as an individual, I should be able to choose... Uh, which candidates I'm interested in supporting? That's one of the, that was one of the major objections coming from some of the Libertarian Party people about Ron Paul. Was that well, <laughs> he's not a Libertarian Party member, so you shouldn't support his campaign. Why shouldn't I? He's doing the most for liberty of any political candidate right now. It's just disgusting to well, me. Well, um, I think we can see it in the presidential race here with the with the Republicans um, that. You know, I mean, you got John McCain, who, as far as I'm concerned, is a great Democrat, and he's running for the Republican Party. And, I, you know, I can't see myself voting for John McCain. But yet people advocate that the party is what it's all about. And it again, it takes it away, takes away the message of it's the individuals we should be looking at and what they are saying and what they have done. Not the political party. That's just meaningless. The po- political parties change all the time in, in their value sets and what they stand for. More on the way. You can take control. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231. The Sickle CAI toll-free line for you. It's Ian here with and Mark. It's 800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. The features there, by the way, include the archives. An entire year's worth of the show, front page of the website for your downloading convenience. Enjoy those free on us. That's freetalklive.com. SACL CAI has a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL knows that the way they treat your customer reflects on you. Their staff is respectful, they record every call, and they have the best equipment money can buy so that your business is handled as efficiently as possible. You can see their banner at freetalklive.com. Do business with business to support Free Talk Live. All right, 1-800-259-9231. We go into the news on the polygamists in Texas, as you may know if you've been paying attention for the past few weeks. The Texas authorities went in and confiscated... 416 kids. They separated them from their families, and uh, they were allowed to stay with their mothers for a short while, but they, uh, after the mothers started to complain about the conditions the kids were being kept in, they unceremoniously booted the mothers out. And so now these kids are completely in the hands of the Texas state government people. Well, if they're under five, their moms are still allowed to stay with them. That's true. Uh, but the rest of them, and there are hundreds of them, are now in the hands of the state government people and there have been some developments here now mark you said there was a lead uh, because one of the things we pointed out over the past couple weeks is that this entire operation was based on one phone call from an allegedly 16 year old girl who was alleging that she had been uh, raped 
and abused in this fundamentalist LDS cult, for lack of a better word, this uh, religion. And so they went in, and that was their pretense. But they never found the girl. They haven't. They haven't uh, found this 16-year-old. And they've had two or three weeks to interview all 400 plus kids. And I'm sure only some of them are 16 or 17 or in that age range. And they haven't been able to find her. Mark, what's this lead you were talking about? Is it the woman in Colorado? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Not quite uh, what they were looking for, huh? No. Go ahead and tell us about that. Uh, Texas Rangers are investigating whether a Colorado woman with a history of making phony reports to police could have made the calls to a women's shelter that sparked the um, FLDS compound raid. Police arrested Rosita Estraleta Swinton, 33, at her Colorado Springs apartment Wednesday in connection with a February call to police where... Um, there in which she pretended to be a young girl being held in a basement, said Mm. uh, Colorado Springs Police Lieutenant Skip Arms. The arrest came after Texas Rangers uh, contacted local authorities about a possible connection between Swinton and the raid on the uh, fundamentalist Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints ranch earlier this month, Arms said. The Texas officials removed 416 children from the sex ranch after Newbridge Family Shelter received calls on March the 29th and 30th from someone claiming to be a 16-year-old FLDS girl named Sarah. The girl, whom authorities say have uh, they have yet to locate, claimed that she was beaten and was pregnant. A uh, source close to Flora Jessup, an Arizona woman who grew up with the FL, FLDS community, now helps teenage girls uh, leave the sect, said Swinton. First called Jessup pretending to be a distressed child on uh, March the 30th, the same day the police shelter received a call from the 16-year-old girl. The Denver Post reports Jessup said Swinton initially identified herself as Sarah, claimed that she had se- um, she had been sexually abused by her father. Jessup said Swinton alternately claimed to be Sarah, Sarah's twin sister Laura, and Laura's friend, <laughs> according to the Post. Jessup said uh, Swinton uh, would call her at night when she cl- uh, claimed others at the ranch were asleep. The Post reports Jessup said she became suspicious and contacted the Texas Rangers after Swinton called saying she was Sarah's sister who lives in Colorado City, says the Post. Jessup and Swinton, in the persona of a girl, spoke for 30 to 40 hours, the source said. Wow. Jessup worked closely with law enforcement to help track Swinton down, according to the source. The Post reports Jessup said Texas Rangers traced the call to Swinton's cell phone. The source, mm, yeah, the source said uh, Jessup does not know if Swinton also called a San, San Angelo hotline pretending to be an FLDS, FLDS teen, teen seeking help. Swinton's very good at what she does, source says. She's a troll. Wow, <laughs> what is up with this troll. woman? The source said you can see how uh, someone like Flora would be fooled. What an awful person. Yeah, she's a bad, bad person. The source said Swinton's calls continued until her arrest when Colorado, when the Colorado woman was released from jail. The source said... She called Jessup from a different phone number and tried to communicate the ruse. She was continue. very uh, excuse me, continue the ruse. Um, she was very, very convincing, said the source. In the February case in Colorado, Swinton was accused of making phone calls, uh, pretending to be a teenage girl in distress who was being held in a basement. Arms said, Swinton told police she was in the general area of where she was arrested. He said, the uh, Swinton is charged in the case with making a false police report, but the case has been sealed by Colorado judge. She posted a $20,000 bond from El Paso County Jail following her Wednesday arrest in connection with the case. Three years earlier, police say Swinton called authorities in Castle Rock, about 20 minutes north of Colorado, saying she was a 16-year-old girl named Jessica who had just given birth to a boy named Jacob. She told police 
She had been molested by a family member and feared going home, said Castle Rock Police. You can see how this would get the, the cops all excited. Yeah. You know, like they would be all in a dither over this. Swinton led police on a three-day goose chase looking for the woman <laughs> who claimed she wanted to give, a, give up the baby and kill herself. During the three day, uh, third day of the phone calls, a Castle Rock police officer spotted a woman drive, um, driving by the police station and talking on her cell phone. They pulled over the car, driven by Swinton, whose name matched the records from the cell phone she used to call police. Wow, talk about a random occurrence, huh? Yeah, that's really strange. Swinton admitted to making up the story, but, the, but did not discuss her motivations. I don't know if she was trying to draw attention or what her hope was in this thing. What is the hope of any Internet troll? You know, I mean, this this is a common occurrence. I don't know, not not everybody out there frequents this BDS. This is crazier though than internet trolling. I mean, on on a uh, internet forum, you're just messing with people on a message board. Right, but this is just Here, messing, you're messing with, the, with cops. The, the blue light gang. Yeah, well, you know, it's it certainly has a, a, a bigger repercussions. Yeah, but that's essentially what she is. I don't know if she's trying to draw attention or what her hope is in doing this thing. It's very strange. Shelter employees in Texas said Friday they continue to believe their call was authentic despite the reports about Swinton. They think it's legitimate that Sarah really does exist, said uh, Susan Risden, who talked with the shelter's director Friday about the issue. She had so much information about what was going on in the compound. If it was this woman in Colorado, hmm. she would have to have uh, had someone on the inside feeding her information. Among the convincing details offered by the 16-year-old was the girl's assertion that she was had borrowed a communal cell phone used by FLDS men who leave the compound to work. Risden said that's that that in and of itself is a, a detail that's worth mentioning. Other details offered by the girl checked out after investigation by uh, Texas police leading shelter employees to continue to believe the story, Risden said. But the shelter has little uh, more than the notes from the cell taker, call taker, excuse me, to check on the veracity of the original call. The only line at the shelter um, has caller identification, and Sarah did not call on it, Risden said. Calls into the shelter are not recorded. Oh, wow. I, I thought that it had been rec- uh, reported earlier that it was a recorded call, that the original call was recording. Yeah, and was. Now they're saying, well, now they're saying here that it was taken by uh, a staffer. Well, I guess that um, writing something down can be considered recording it. Oh, okay. So it was recorded, yeah. like, you know, the call was recorded by a staffer. Do you, know, yeah. do you understand what I'm saying? Hand but, recorded. But that's very misleading. Yeah. Huh. Okay. So she happened to not call on the one line with the caller identification. Right, that they could actually check on. That's very intriguing. She's she's a person of, um, you know, of note here. I, I, it could very well be this woman. She's... And you can't go back... You, I, I'm surprised that the cops can't just uh, subpoena the phone company... And have them identify the line and, and find out, okay, well, we received this call at 2 in the morning on this date. Diabetes and poor health may disrupt your call? life. Are you gonna- Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. That is the SACL-CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, and they include the Shrine of Female Listeners, dozens of ladies sending us their validated photo. To prove they listen to the show, just head over to shrine.freetalklive.com and see what it's all about. That's shrine.freetalklive.com. President Hillary Clinton, Barack Obama, John McCain, 
The North American Union, unconstitutional gun and drug laws, a national ID card. What's your trigger point? If it happens, what will you do? The Free State Project knows that one size does not fit all. Participants choose what event will trigger their move to New Hampshire to join the fight for freedom. Check it out at freestateproject.org. That's freestateproject.org. Okay, we had a little technical difficulty there at the end of the last segment. So uh, for those of you that uh, perhaps did not pick up what we were saying, uh, the story is that apparently the the police in Texas have a suspect uh, as far as the original phone call that sparked the Texas authorities' raid on the FLDS compound and the subsequent taking, kidnapping, of over 400 and uh, about 416 children. They now believe that it may have been a phone troll, as Mark put it, uh, a woman who apparently her thing is to call the cops and lead them on wild goose chases looking for teenage girls who are allegedly being abused. Now, the organization... And it's not a 16-year-old girl. It's a 33-year-old woman. Right. The, the organization who originally took the call, the woman's shelter... Uh, in Texas, that originally took the phone call, they say they don't believe it was this woman. They're very convinced that uh, it was actually a girl from the compound. But this woman, who's been known for making these calls and has been in trouble for it in the past... She was calling. That's in her. Well, she spent 30 to 40 hours talking with uh, a former... This uh, a chick named uh, Jessup. What's her name? Flora. Flora Jessup, a former escapee of the FLDS cult who is now helping other escapees, other young women and, and boys, escape from the FLDS cult. She took a phone call from the phone troll and spent 30 to 40 hours on the phone with her. I mean, I'm sure it wasn't straight. She got but, some facts. Yeah, so, I mean, the woman is good at maintaining this role of pretending like she's a 16-year-old girl. And so they're investigating this, and, and I'm glad. And she's, that, and she's gotten, uh, you know, spent a little time with this, uh, with with uh, an escapee. So she's got some facts about the compound as it is. It's it's good to know that they are looking into these other options, and they're not just saying, "Well, we know it's true." And this, you know, this girl called, and we're going to find her. But I want to know if it turns out to be the scam artist, this 30 plus year old uh, scam artist. Will that mean they'll have to return all the kids? It doesn't sound like it. I doubt they will. No, it doesn't sound like that at all. From another story, the Associated Press reporting that the, uh, the hearing that happened yesterday apparently has descended into farce. A court hearing to decide the fate of the 416 children swept up in a raid on the West Texas polygamous sect descended into farce on Thursday with hundreds of lawyers in two packed buildings shouting objections and the judge struggling to maintain order. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm sure they've never dealt with anything of this, this magnitude before. The case, clearly one of the biggest, most convoluted child custody cases in history, presented an extraordinary spectacle. Big city lawyers in suits and mothers in 19th century pioneer-style dresses, <laughs> all packed into a courtroom in a nearby auditorium connected by video. At issue was an attempt by the state of Texas to strip the parents of custody and place the children in foster homes because of evidence they were being physically and sexually abused by the Fundamentalist Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, a renegade Mormon splinter group suspected of forcing underage girls into marriage with older men. Well, first of all, I don't know how it is the church could be abusing these kids. It would seem to me the individuals, the men, would be abusing them, but that's just my issue. Anyway, as many feared, the proceedings turned into something of a circus and a painfully slow one. By late afternoon, only two witnesses had testified, and both only to lay the foundation for documents to be admitted. 
One witness, a state trooper, was cross-examined by dozens of attorneys, each of them asking the same questions on behalf of a child or parent. As the afternoon dragged on, no decisions had been made on the fate of any of the youngsters. Additional details on life at the ranch began to emerge as child welfare investigator Angie Voss testified. She said that if one of the men fell out of favor with the FLDS, his wives and children would be reassigned to other men. How bizarre. The children would then identify the new man as their father, and therefore that's contributing to the problem they're experiencing of identifying the children's family links and their ages. Texas Judge Barbara Walter struggled to keep order. She faced 100 lawyers in her 80-year-old courtroom and several hundred more participating over a grainy video feed from an ornate City Hall auditorium two blocks away. The hearing disintegrated quickly into a barrage of shouted objections and attempts to file motions with lawyers for the children objecting to objections made by the parents' attorneys. When the judge sustained an objection to the prolonged questioning of the state trooper, the lawyers cheered. Upon another objection about the proper admission of medical records of the children, the judge threw up her hands. She said, I assume most of you want to make the same objection. Can I have a universal yes, judge, she said. In both buildings, the hundreds of lawyers stood and responded in unison, yes, judge. But she added to the chaos as well. Judge Walter refused to put medical records and other evidence in electronic form, which could be emailed among the lawyers because it contained personal information. A courier had to run from the courthouse to the auditorium, delivering one document at a time. Little evidence had been admitted by mid-afternoon, and the first attempt to admit evidence resulted in an hour-long recess while all the lawyers examined it. The rest of the morning was spent in arguments about whether to admit the medical records of three girls. Department of Public Safety bureaucrat testified to their discovery of a church's bishop, uh, church bishop's records taken from a safe at the ranch that listed about 38 families, some of them polygamous and some that included wives at 16 or 17 years old. But under repeated cross-examination, he acknowledged the records contained no evidence of sexual abuse. So it sounds like it's, it's uh, just becoming quite a, uh, a mess there. It's crazy time down at the, uh, the, 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 the Texas child services or whatever. Amid the shouting and chaos among the lawyers who came from around Texas to represent the children and the parents free of charge, dozens of mothers sat timidly in their long cotton dresses, long underwear even in the spring heat, and braided upswept hair. In the satellite courtroom, about 175 people strained to see and hear a large projector set up on the auditorium stage, but the feed was blurry and barely audible. Leave it to the government to F up a video feed. <laughs> yeah. I'm not in a position to advocate for anything, complained the appointed attorney for a two-year-old sect member. Outside, where TV satellite trucks lined the street in front of the courthouse's columned facade, a man who said he was an FLDS father waved a photo of himself surrounded by his four children. He said, look, these children are all smiling. We're happy. Walter signed an emergency order nearly these people, two... You know, this guy just wants his family back. That's and, what and, they and all is, want. This is the part of, the, of this that uh, bothers me. I mean, yeah, this, this sect seems to have a lot of weird things going on with it. But I, I suspect that most of the weirdness comes from the top, not the bottom. And mm-hmm. you, can't, you can't say that every person in every family here is, is a nut. I mean, you know, maybe they're religious beliefs, but not that they're not raping girls and... and, and you know, I, I don't get that impression. That's not what I'm hearing here. And, you know, the idea that you would go into a, a gated community uh, of four, you know, uh, 400 families or whatever, however, uh, 100 and something families and mm-hmm. then take away 400 kids just because some of the people in the gated community are doing something wrong. This this doesn't make any sense. And then you they can't in this one particular case, they can't even find the person who's the complainant. 
I, I mean, if if this uh, group is doing something so bad, then why can't uh, some of these escapees bring charges? It's just so tragic. The children are being kept in a domed coliseum. It sounds like they're you know they're housing them like the evacuees from That's Hurricane exactly Katrina. That's exactly what they're housing them like. The judge must weigh the allegations of abuse and also decide whether it's in the children's best interest to be placed into mainstream society after they've been told all their lives that the outside world is hostile and immoral. If anything, what's happening to them right now is reinforcing their belief system. Yeah, I would I would have to agree. Instead of being uh, instead of being allowed to stay in their homes with the people that that love and care about them in their uh, on their compound. Mm-hmm. Where they've used been staying for their entire lives, now they're being forced out. They're in the custody of state bureaucrats, who I'm sure some of them are nice, but we know how state bureaucrats are. Many of them, they're they still very, go home at night. The kids don't. Yeah, they're very rude people, and now they're being housed in some facility, a coliseum. This cannot. This is not an improvement. This is awful. Anyway, the judge uh, possibly may give state the state permanent custody of the children. And that's what she's looking to decide. Who knows how long it's going to take them. More coming up. You can take control of the airwaves. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can take control of the airwaves. Toll free at 800-259-9231. That's the Sickle CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. If you like the show and want to help support Free Talk Live, then become a Free Talk Live amplifier at amp.freetalklive.com. You can head over there and get on board for as little as 3 bucks a month. You send it in, and uh, you can do it with any major credit card or PayPal account, and it's it's done automatically, so you don't even have to think about it once you get signed up. And it's, what, less than a price of a cup of coffee. It makes a big difference for us. And that three bucks comes in, we take it in and reinvest it into the show and get on more radio stations across the country so more people can hear uh, the message of freedom and liberty here on Free Talk Live. And if you uh, want to benefit from some perks, it's another reason to sign up. You get access to the AMP-only call-in line, see chat room, forum, and more. All the details at amp.freetalklive.com. The fundamentalist... Church of uh, Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is under fire. It is getting a lot of media attention in West Texas after the Texas government people came and raided their compound. They stole, kidnapped uh, 416 children who have been apparently being taken care of by volunteers. I guess because the Texas bureaucracy just doesn't have the resources. I would imagine that's so. I mean, yeah, that, this this is it is just tremendous. How many kids do they confiscate in a week, generally? It can't be that many. No. Not 416. <laughs> it can't be. So uh, they're, they're going to court. Uh, the court is deciding whether or not the Texas state goons will be able to continue to uh, to, to remain having custody of these kids. Uh, the The trial continued today with more testimony from so-called experts on, uh, you know, both sides. And one of them here, I, I'm just scanning through this other article here, one one of them said that apparently they are matchmakers. The the men in the, uh, the, the church, the leaders of the church, act as though they are matchmakers uh, for the kids and, I guess, uh, whoever it is they want to, them to marry. Well, they said that if they fell, if, if a guy fell out of favor with uh, the church leaders, then his uh, wife and kids would be reassigned, which yeah. is bizarre. But it's weird. Right. But it's different. And it's their world. And it's their uh, their culture. 
and they should be able to have that. There, here's another comment uh, from one of the experts. I mean, uh, these guys do go go to work every day. I mean, you know, if you if they really wanted their wives and you know kids out of there, they could just hop in a truck and get out of there. Take their families and go. Yep. Psychiatrist Bruce Perry of Texas took the stand this morning. He's worked with children from the Branch Davidian sect uh, from Waco back uh, 15 years ago now. And the attorney, one of the attorneys who represents two FLDS women, managed to get Perry, the so-called expert, to admit he's never spoken with the leader of the FLDS, nor even read the church's doctrine, but knew of the faith through news reports. Mm. So this is their expert they bring in to, uh, to testify in this case. Not much of an expert. He said that after spending months counseling the Branch Davidian children, he's consulted on other isolationist groups, such as the Moon Children and Posse Comitatus. Mm. There's a group out there called Posse Comitatus. I want to hear about the Moon Children. Anyway, Perry said he's found much to be admired about the FLDS. The mothers are loving and respectful of their children, he said. But he said the environment is authoritarian. Well, so? I mean, so's the environment we live in in this country with these government people. Very authoritarian. Right. Well, it's, uh, I guess that's really the problem is that somebody's taking the place of the other authorities. Perry said a 17-year-old in custody told him how her father asked her at 14 if she wanted to go to Zion, uh, Zion the, uh, the ranch in question. He said she agreed, and when they arrived at the ranch, she was told the prophet had advised she should marry a particular older man. The girl told the psychiatrist she had a choice in the matter, which I find interesting. Uh, but he says he was dubious. He said young girls who are 14, 15, or 16 are not emotionally mature enough to enter into healthy sexual relationships. And... I I just don't understand how he can make that blanket statement. While it, women women of uh, that age have been uh, throughout the human history have been uh, entering into sexual relationships. I mean, figure Romeo and Juliet. What were thirteen and fourteen? That's right. And that's what I wanted to bring up is that just because in our culture today in America, just because kids are encouraged to be as childlike as they possibly can for as long as they can to the point where even young people getting out of high school or or just going into college act as though they're 13 or or 12 years old in in many cases they act very immature uh kids are pro- protected from becoming adults in the Amer- in the american popular culture in general they're prohibited from working a job which i think is a is a major stepping stone to interacting in the adult world right i think that's a bigger problem than them not being able to marry and have sexual relations but you know that's that's me and what my thoughts are right well these girls in the in the uh in the flds cult aren't going out to to get jobs they're out working in the garden and stuff they're, yeah, they're working believe me sewing things and they have things to do and i i just don't i don't think that it's fair to compare the girls in this other world in this complete other culture of the fundamentalist cult with your average American teenagers. They're not the same. They're not raised in the same world. It's a completely different universe on that 1,700-acre section of land in Texas and in the other uh, compounds that they have in Utah and Arizona. Yeah, all over. It's it's like entering into a a different dimension or a different time. Yeah, more like a a different time and and, a different culture. And, And people do it entirely differently all over the rest of the world. Why aren't we, you know invading other countries that do this well don't give any ideas mark but that is essentially what they've done here they have invaded what is essentially uh, another country it's pretty clear these people want their privacy right they were totally separated from uh for for the most part i mean yes there were some people that uh that 
that would leave to go shopping and that sort of thing. And but if, uh, but for the but most part, they came back every right, time. <laughs> right. For the most part, they were separate from the rest of society. And so I don't think it's fair to say that young girls can't make these decisions. The girl said she had a choice. Why would she lie about it now? After the fact, if she had been tortured, if she had been uh, forced to do things against her will, now she's out. Yeah. If she had been trapped there, and, and I don't believe any of that. I don't think they were trapped there. But if that were all true, and that's certainly what the uh, the anti-cult people, the Texas government people would like you to believe, if that were all true, now that she's out, she's safely within the custody of the Texas government people. The caring arms. And and, and if she wanted, at, uh, she's 17, if she wanted to, she could very easily say, oh, thank goodness you've come. Thank goodness I've been waiting my entire life for this chance to get away from these weirdos. Sure. Now, we've heard of Stockholm Syndrome, but, you know, this the, her, this girl's case isn't unique. No, it's not. She could have left. She she could have. Uh, and now that she's in their custody, she could tell all. She could tell the whole story. But no, she wants to go back. And she says she had a choice. She didn't have to marry the guy. Now, they might have excommunicated her if she didn't. I'm sure they would have. But uh, still. I mean, it, but in, she in, had in the her choice. particular case, she came, uh, she came willingly to the compound, as I right. recall. She was living elsewhere. She was asked if she wanted to go to this particular compound. She said yes. When they arrived, they had a match for her. And she took it. Why can't we just let people, and I say, when I say we, I mean the government, why can't the government just let people live their lives? Is this the start of more religious persecution? Will they begin raiding the, uh, the, the cults in, in Arizona and Utah? Will anybody who's not a member of a mainstream religion be under suspicion now? How, is this the beginning of a trend? I suppose it could be. It'll be very interesting to see what happens here uh, in the courtroom as this judge continues to consider whether or not to grant the state government permanent custody of these kids and take them out of everything they've ever known and throw them headlong into a world they don't understand and that they've been told all their lives is evil and something they should not be a part of. And now you're looking, now this government is going to force 416 children to live away from their original parents, away from their friends and their family members, in an alien world. This is like an alien world for them. They're running around in 19th century dresses. Because <laughs> all you have to do is see the pictures of these uh, these kids and... You know, this is something completely different for them. They're going to put them into foster homes, which means they're going to end up going into government schools. You want to talk about, I mean, you remember what it was like in government school, Mark? People made fun of you. People yeah. uh, people were picking on you. There are bullies. These kids probably don't have to deal with that in their uh, in their cult. I'm sure they do, but, uh, you know. <laughs> oh, I bet those problems are dealt with right quick if no, there's an issue it's not like gonna that. Be, it's not going to be to the level that it would be in a public school. I mean, right. go, go walking out in a 19th century dress, uh, having, you know, gotten all kind of news coverage in a, uh, uh, you know, public school. And I think that, you know, it's going to be a whole new world of, uh, of being picked on there. Yeah. And uh, that's going to do some damage to them, as though damage hasn't already been done. I think a lot of damage has been done. I mean, it's it's so hard for me to to put myself into the position of one of these kids and imagine what it could possibly be like to have everything you've ever known turned completely upside down by these goons wearing their brown uh, sheriff's uniforms that just literally steal you away from everything you've known and all of your family and friends.
One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into hour number two of the program, and you can bring up anything. Toll free, 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll free line. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Well, you know, we've been following this uh, FLDS case so much, Mark. It's been occupying a, a fair amount of our airtime during uh, the week, and haven't really had much of a chance to get back into some emails. Okay, let's hear one. So, so I would like to do that. Uh, let's see. But in fact, actually, though, coming up, you've got a story about a kid who was set up by his principal uh, in regards to uh, a drug deal. So we'll get to that and have that one ready. But first, we go to Ken. He says, "Guys, I had to write a paper this past trimester for a grad class on a mental health topic and its interface with the law." After listening to your show, uh, you had several people calling in at that time saying they'd been committed via Baker Act or other similar statutes. I decided to research and write about involuntary inpatient commitment. The paper is attached, uh, if you're interested, and it was uh, somewhat rushed and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, I'd like to pose a question to you that was brought up by my professor. Suppose we accept that there are instances in which a mental illness can so severely affect a person's judgment and logical processes that they're unable to decide on the best means of treatment or even accept that they have an illness in the first place. Is it ever acceptable to coercively treat people who are inflicted as such? So the person is uh, so ill mentally that he cannot, in our definition and from what we believe, that he cannot decide how best to be treated or that he does not even believe that he has an illness in the first place. Is it ever acceptable to coercively treat someone inflicted that way? Well, um, first off, I, I know of instances, uh, we've read in the news, where uh, you know, psychologists and, and, and the people who are uh, you know, tasked by the state to decide these things, psychiatrists, have used this power to, uh, you know, just, just to, to go after people they didn't like. You know, mm. They say, well, he's crazy. And, you know, maybe they are or whatever. But, you know, and, and this, this power gets abused. And uh, so, you know, that, that part really bothers me. I I guess there there must there must be an instance where uh you know somebody's so crazy that they that somebody else needs to make a decision as far as their treatment but who and you know what are their motives it bothers me that uh you know we just take take as uh, for granted that uh well yes these people are doing their jobs and they're going to do the very best because I know that not every time are they I I I'm I'm smarter than that I know better I've I've seen instances I suppose that uh, you know, like if it's what about their parent? Okay, that one seems pretty cut and dry. I mean, if if a parent believes that his or her uh, son or daughter is somehow mentally ill, then it would make sense that they could be able to pull some strings and and have something done. Uh, but at the same time, as that person, as that young person gets older and more able to de- decide things for themselves. If mom is saying, well, I want you to be treated for this mental problem, and the son is saying, no, I don't really want that treatment, then who would really – it would be really a tough call to uh, to allow the mother to put her son 
under treatment that he doesn't want to receive. Yeah, well, I, I have to agree. I, and in know. any other situation, it's even worse. I mean, if you're talking about a, a co-worker or someone that you live nearby, I mean, what other situations could possibly develop where you believe someone is mentally ill that needs help, but what can you do about it? I, you know, I, I to think that a a family member is always a benevolent person is, is wrong true. too. You're right. Um, That's why I just said it's just more cut and dry with family, but not that much more. But you know, what are the results of this person not getting the attention that they need? What are the results? Well, he doesn't specify the exact mental illness. I I, I don't know. I mean, if they if they do something that hurts someone, well, well then you can. We got a system for that. Yeah. Um, if they. You know, I mean, likely they'll have a difficult time uh, living in uh, certain places. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, in, in a world of, of, of private property where there's uh, no public property, where they could camp out and, and live as homeless people, um, they would have a hell of a time uh, living on other people's property. I think that, uh, well, then, you know, they'd end up in a shelter because there wouldn't be any place else for them to live. And right. that shelter could get, could make the stipulations, look, if you want to stay here. You have to follow these you rules. You have to follow these rules. And, you know, yeah, that's they, a good point. they could find themselves just with no place to stay. Right. If they were if they were able to function in society with their mental illness, then that would be not something that would need to be taken action on. But I like what you're saying here, Mark, in that if the illness is to the point where they can't take care of themselves and they end up, you know, not paying the rent and getting kicked out of their apartment and they're on the streets and people don't want homeless people on their property, so they would be kicked off of the, that private property to the point where they, their only options would be those charitable organizations that would be willing to help them mm-hmm. and those as you say those charitable organizations would would have rules so i think that would handle it and then of course in the instance of violence well then there's as you said there's a system there for that but let me continue he has a couple other things to say he says consider this maybe from the standpoint of a good family member or friend rather than the government if it's acceptable in some cases then where is the line drawn and indeed that is the that is the uh, the penultimate question here right mm. in that uh, if it's if it's okay to commit someone for x then should it be okay to commit someone for why? And who will make those decisions? Well, I'd say that... Um, I'd know, rather they not be made. I'd rather we just leave people alone. It, it seems to me that a system where uh, people are held accountable for their uh, their actions and at the same time allowed to do what they want as long as they don't hurt someone could deal with this. And a system where uh, we don't have uh, you know public property, which is you know this this abomination that is public property. I'm not saying it doesn't get to use uh, um, get, get to be used in bad uh, method or in good methods. Excuse me, but uh, mm-hmm. you know a lot of times public property is just a big waste of time and money. So uh, thank you to uh, to Ken for writing in on that. I think it's an interesting question, interesting sort of thought experiment. I think generally leaving people to their own decisions in life, even if they are maybe not the decisions you would make or not the decisions you would like them to make is ultimately what we should do. If they hurt people, we should deal with that. If they can't take care of themselves, then eventually someone's going to find that out and offer them an opportunity to be taken care of. Enough time with a uh, skilled professional and they'd realize you were crazy and try to lock your ass up. 1-800-259-9231. Another email here from Dustin. Question. Do we need government courts? says, I've heard several conversations in which some of the hosts or callers were apprehensive about getting rid of government courts. And this is simply an artifact of the indoctrination we've absorbed. Commercial law is thousands of years old. All laws derive from ancient maxims of commercial law. Courts, as we know them, are only a couple hundred years old. The government courts are actually a government-sponsored monopoly since the bar, which is an attorney's club, basically, mm-hmm. uh, the bar is a private company... 
and the commercial code is approved by the American Law Institute and not by our legislators. Commercial law requires that all administrative processes be exhausted before the court hears a case. This includes arbitration. So-called family courts here in Los Angeles will order couples to meet with an arbitrator before the case will be heard. And some courts operate under the presumption that you've already tried all avenues in order to resolve the dispute. Why would an attorney tell you to seek arbitration when he can charge you hundreds per hour for sponsorship in his private club? He says, we don't need to be afraid or worried about what would happen with courts in a free market. Commercial law worked before common law and before the bar. We'd actually be returning to a system that worked for thousands of years. So for Dustin, he says, this is no big deal. People are just scared because they don't know differently. I've never heard this before, and I can tell you it scares me. <laughs> well, I think it's a wonderful idea. I think that everything about getting the justice system out of the hands of the government would be as successful as getting anything else out of the hands of government. It would, it would institute uh, competition. Very much needed competition into the courtroom marketplace, into the world of arbitration. We do have arbitration today. There's the American Arbitration Association, and they handle a whole lot of cases, and they do them a lot faster than the government can. Oh, yeah. Can. Oh, uh, yeah. So just you take that and you multiply it out times however much the marketplace will support, and you have different competing arbitration firms competing on the basis of customer service, competing on the basis of fairness, competing on the basis of price. Instead of what we have today, and that is the government, which doesn't have to compete because it can force you to pay for it. So therefore, the, co the costs are totally arbitrary, and they could give a flip about how you feel about their, uh, their verdicts. They're yeah, not interested yeah, yeah. because you're forced to use their services. So just the fact that opening it up to competition would, would do wonders uh, for the world of justice. 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. If you want to learn more about private courts, you can read a, an excellent free audio book, or hear it, rather, if you go to book.freekeen.com. More is on the way. You can take control. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. Take control of the airwaves. Toll-free at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. It is again here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features on the site are free, including the bulletin board system. You can get interactive with over a couple thousand of our listeners and over 340,000 posts. There's a lot to read, a lot to interact with at BBS, uh, bbs.freetalklive.com. That'll get you right to it. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. We go to the phone calls and Paula in Florida. You're on Free Talk Live. Paula. Hi, hon. Hey. I wanted to call about this uh, situation with the children, and I'm going to tell you something. This is the beginning of the Christian persecution, okay? You think so? And, yes, they are living no different than what we did when we lived in Israel, okay? And the thing is, the father's over the family. And... This is totally wrong, and I tell you what, they're going to answer to God for this. God says that our government is so evil and so corrupt, this is why we're under judgment. And God's children need to stand up, and I mean, call that courthouse, and I mean, raise Cain. Wouldn't the people that are doing this likely, most of them call themselves Christians? Christians, yeah. Mm -hmm. These judges, let me tell you something. What does God tell you in the Bible about lawyers and judges? I don't know. What does he say? to you, lawyers. There you go. He is against lawyers, okay? But the thing is, this goes against God. The judge is going to pay for it dearly. And she just doesn't understand this. But anyway, how many wives did King David have? 
uh, uh, just a few, uh, like <laughs> eight or nine. Few. Solomon, on the other hand, but any, whole, yeah. whole but mess anyway, of wives. The thing is, this is wrong, and I believe this is the beginning of the persecution. As a matter of fact, we got some information last night from World, uh, Wide World Christian Radio that uh, the Pope is going to Jerusalem, and he's going to the Rock of the Mount, and he's going to demand Israel back from the Jews, and they said all hell's going to break loose. What 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 do you think is coming next as far as the uh, the, the Christian persecution? Huh? The end the end's coming. The end what, is coming. Okay. What's the, yeah. what's the end going to look like? Yeah, Bella? I'd like to know because well, I am not a Christian and I'd like to. Okay, know. well, hon, I am. Okay, I'm from the house of David, and I'm gonna tell you something. Jesus is gonna be coming back, and he's gonna take us Man. off this earth, and he's gonna have to redo the earth because of how how this world has just gone. I to thought hell. Jesus was just a man. No, he we, he's more than he a, has he the power to, to change the earth itself. Didn't he know this God was going to happen? God made this earth. Yeah, he made us. He sent us here. What about Every Jesus? one of us are sent here for a purpose, and we don't leave here until we finish what we're sent for. Hmm. And the thing is, this country. So wait a minute. Wait, under- wait, wait, wait. Before you go on. If it's true that every one of us was sent here for a purpose, we're just sent here for a purpose. Then wh- why did uh, God send the judge and uh, these cops from Texas to go and take the people from the compound? Was that their this, purpose? This government is evil. It's corrupt. This is why. But wait, are Jer- they fulfilling their purpose? Okay, read Jeremiah thirty. No, I can't do that. Okay, and no, you'll find out exactly what. That's like reading down. legalese for me. I. Honey, I'm serious. Yeah, Read it. Yeah. This tells you exactly why 9-11 happened. It tells you exactly what's going to happen, what's coming. And it's not going to be you good. You didn't answer my question, Paula. Is what? it the purpose of those cops to go and take uh, kids from their families? Okay, we have people that are not with God and people that are with Satan So wait a minute. Okay, okay? So, so you said that God put everyone here and gave a them purpose, a purpose. To do his purpose here on earth. This is supposed to be his kingdom government on earth. Why do, Why is it that so many people are not... Uh, it, Doing do you, his purpose. Right. Uh, do you believe that the cops because are... Because they have, they have got misled. They're not with God the way they should be. Are they going to hell? Well, they're going to answer. They're going to have to answer to him directly for what they've done. Well, hmm. wh- what's that mean? They're going to stand before him and be judged. Does, uh, so they're, uh, when they're judged, what happens if they get judged uh, you know, it's against them? It's according to God what, happened, what he does to them. Yeah, yeah, I, I would agree but with you. But the thing what? is, he's our father. He loves us, okay? He does everything I ask him to do, okay? And the it's thing good. is, it's a good that deal. He, and the thing is, he loves each one of us. And I'm going to tell you something. I've been with Jesus himself three times, I okay? I know. You keep telling us that, and it kind of okay. turns I'm me on. I'm going to tell you something. You don't realize how much he loves us. Well, i tell you what. When he put his arms around me and held me, I've never felt anything like this. I mean, I'm from the house of David anyway, but the thing is, is that he loves us. God loves you, hon. So, okay, so does God love me enough to give give me a Lamborghini uh, Gallardo? No, God doesn't well, work gets, in that She way. does whatever she asks. I'm just wondering. And I mean, we got an in with Paula here. She, she God doesn't does ask she for wants. those things. God's not going to give you a Lamborghini, is he? I don't, I don't need things like that. There you but, go. but I do, Paula. No, he doesn't. Well, I'll tell you what. You're not... Uh, People go overboard in their life, okay? You're supposed to have a very good, simple life and be happy. He wants you to have a very happy life. I I'll be happier happy. with a Lamborghini. I, I am very happy. I'm very content. I feel great about my life. But I'm concerned, right. Paula. You've got me concerned here. You know, the, this whole God thing and the standing in front of him. It's not and, a God thing, hon. He well, now, hold made on. Now, let, let me just get to a question here. here. 
if <clears throat> if this whole end times thing actually comes true, and people have been saying it's going to happen for years, it's and they're always to, wrong. Yes, it's going to. We're very close. Yeah. Okay, and they've been saying that for years too. But, uh, but let's say I get time. zapped from the earth, and I get uh, to the point where I have to stand in front of God. As an atheist, as someone who does not believe in this singular uh, monotheistic God, this uh, old man in the sky looking over down on uh, people and, and judging them and uh, that sort of thing, what will happen to me? I mean, I've never hurt anybody in my life, but I just okay, don't if, believe if the story. If you've never hurt anybody, you've led a good life. I mean, all he's asking you to do is to live by his laws. As what are those laws? Good. You don't know what God's laws are? <laughs> like the Ten Commandments? Is it the Ten good. Commandments? There, there's more than Ten Commandments. There was more like 600-something laws. Well, no, I definitely is, don't know them. Most, I don't, well, Moses anyway, would have had a hell of a time is, bringing those down on it stone sounds like, Well, now, hold on. It sounds like if I wanted to know what the 600 laws are, it at least sounds manageable. At least I could go and learn those. I couldn't possibly learn the government laws. I mean, there's 600 billion uh, government laws. So, so no, I, I don't know what those laws are, but uh, but is having sex outside of marriage a, a breaking the... That is, yes, that is wrong. So what, Okay, so I do that uh, with my girlfriend, and so therefore, what will happen but, to me? You see, I'm, I'm not, I'm not a 100% sure that this is... It's in your Bible, and you'll find out. I, that's, you're, I don't have a Bible but, anymore. But that's Paula, I'm asking you. As quick as possible. We haven't got that... <laughs> Paula, we haven't got that much time left. Okay? He's, he's not being fair with you, though, Paula. The, the fact is, he only has one girlfriend. He lives with her. Um, we, he doesn't need a government marriage to be married in God's eyes. As far as God's concerned, he's married. Hmm. Yeah. What What does uh, connotate if you have a made, marriage? Uh, if you have made a vow to God, okay. I mean, you don't have to have to gov- the government to marry you, okay. Hmm. But I'm I'm telling you, it's what he needs to do is go and have a marriage with a. With a minister, okay. Really, okay. Get so right I can't just God. say I can't just say to my girlfriend Julia that I love her very much and that I always want to be with her, and and that's not good enough. I have that's to. That's great, but go. the thing is, do what God asks you to do. That's why it's very simple. But but he's an atheist. Well, that's his. Yeah, it's a problem. Huh? He's going he's, he's to stand before God, and it's going to be discussed. Can I at least hang out in purgatory happens. instead of the the whole There's hell no thing? purgatory. Purgatory no? is from those uh, those Dante's those, Inferno. No, no, sorry, those no. are the Catholics. Well, let me tell you something. There's something a lot. What will happen don't know, to the Catholics? That's that what I They weren't told that you can go to hell, but Jesus told Peter you can get out. I can get out of hell. When did yeah. he tell him that? How's that? How's did that deal? He, work? When he gave him the keys to the kingdom. Do I have to fillet Satan? I tell you what. Go to a website that you're going to find everything that you need to know about. And it's called ancientmanuscripts.com. Sounds Everybody like a needs to go to this website. website. Paula, thanks this for the call tonight. The Always interesting to talk to you about the Jesus stuff and the the Jesus and the God and the hell and the fire and brimstone. Yeah. It's going to happen soon, she says, Mark, so you better get your Bible. You still got one, right? Somewhere. I'm, really? I'm, I'm, <laughs> no, I don't, I don't think I have one of my. No, I doubt it. It was at my mom's house. More coming up. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever's on your mind. This is your show. It's Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. You can bring up anything toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the single CAI toll-free line. It's 1-800-259-9231. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, including live streams. 
Broadband version, dial-up version, both free for you. Freetalklive.com. Are you thinking about starting a business? Here's a word to the wise. Incorporated LegalZoom.com. Incorporation can help protect you against frivol- uh, frivolous lawsuits that can wipe you out. LegalZoom.com is fast and easy. They do all sorts of legal documents, patents, wills, and trademarks. Use the code FTL to save 10 bucks off your order. That's LegalZoom.com. 800-259-9231. Uh, back into the email box here, real quick, since we were talking about the idea of a private justice system earlier mark emails in he says if we switch to a system of justice based on compensating victims which by the way doesn't necessarily have to do with private privatizing justice we could have a governmental system where restitution was the rule yeah rather than just imprisoning people and uh, sort of uh, you know punishing victims twice uh, you know um, you know they they get victimized twice in the sense that the criminal victimizes victimizes them then they have to pay in the form of taxes to keep that criminal in jail but Mark, Mark comes out with uh, one of the pro- probably most asked questions in regards to uh, the, the issue of restitution. And he says, well, would millionaires be free to go around killing just so long as they compensated the victims? And the answer is no, of course not. Would you do business with someone that was a known killer? How many people would do business with someone like that? If, if uh, Bill Gates all of a sudden decided to go on a murder spree... Do you think that he would have the same reputation level that he has today? Uh, no, but some people would do business with him. Maybe some criminal types would do business with him, but he would find his choices and options severely limited. Uh, and so, and also, uh, if a millionaire, a known, very wealthy person, goes and commits a violent crime like that, then it would be well known that he can indeed afford to pay a one-time lump sum uh, payment to the victim, and that that amount could be fairly large. Uh, No one can really put a price on someone's life, right? You can't really do that. And so therefore, if the guy's got a lot of money, then you can fleece him for a whole lot. And uh, in that that rare instance, the, uh, the victim's family would actually get some serious payment up front as opposed to most most murder situations where the murderer would be working for the rest of their lives to try to pay off uh, whatever debt were created by taking that person's life from them. So at least from that perspective, the victim's family would be better off and we could make the uh, and the individual who committed the crime would be far worse off uh, than than regular murderers because he could pay it all at once. Whatever that amount was, it could impoverish him right off the bat. Could take it all. No, you killed somebody, Bill? Well, Let's see. You got fifty billion dollars, or you only have two billion in your bank account. We'll just take all that. That'll be that'll be fine. Uh, so, I mean, that's that's just a possibility. And besides that, in a uh, in a more free market world where reputation is is uh, critical, where criminals not only have to uh, not only have to pay back their victims, but also they have their reputations dinged with the crimes that they commit. It's one thing if you go and you rob a convenience store and you have to pay back uh, the amounts that you stole and plus interest. For the the lost time and the 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 damage that you've done and the Any counseling that the yeah uh, the counseling, yeah. sure. Uh, so it's one thing to pay all that back. You could at least then kind of work back to getting a good reputation again. But if you start killing people, there's not going to be much coming back from that. I mean, you could come back. You kill one person, you could probably come back from that. Mark, I mean, you didn't kill the guy, but you went to prison for uh, for nine years for being involved in that, and mm-hmm. you've, you've managed to come back from that. Yes. And there have been other people that have managed to come back from that. But if you went on and killed someone else, 
it'd be that much harder to come back oh and, my God. and build your... <laughs> I, I worry about people just dying in my immediate vicinity. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so. You know, these cops don't like to work very hard. Oh, this guy here, uh-huh. the, you know, the, this this guy's got a convicted killer. Let's right. just go arrest him. So, uh, yeah, I don't think that's, uh, that's going to be very likely. I mean, again, just ask yourself, would you want to spend time with someone who was unrepentant about being a killer? Because that's what we're really talking about here, right? He says, would millionaires be free to go around killing? So that doesn't mean just kill one person. That means, oh, start killing people. And, and a million bucks, by the way, not that much. No, that's true. And a million bucks will definitely go down the tubes if you if you kill somebody. So doesn't, first of all, it's not a very likely situation uh, because the people that have a lot of money, work. most of them have worked very, very hard for it, and they aren't going to want to throw it away in some uh, moment of passion. See, now, you and I have different ideas here, and, and um, one that I think would work very well is... Let, you know, just, just taking steps along the way is um, I think that if we had uh, if we separated the uh, Department of Corrections from the Department of Justice, that you would then have, you know, uh, the the court systems would give people sentences. There would be no reason for counties, uh, for sheriffs to be the holders of the keys of the jail. Mm-hmm. Um, there could be several buildings around town. Um, the judge would say, all right, uh, defendant is remanded to custody until trial. Then the defendant would decide, well, I'd like to be at this jail or that jail or whatever jail, and likely they would have to pay something to be there because, well, nothing's free in this world, and the rest of well, us would have would probably, to pay. The way, that, the way that would probably be working is that the jail would offer them an opportunity to uh, pay their way into the jail in that they could get different jobs on the inside in order to pay for their, their room and their board. Mm-hmm. And they might even be able to collect a stipend after, you know, if, if they paid also a percentage to their victim as well. After all that's said and done, they may be able to take a small percentage and put it into savings for when they get out. Well, I don't, yeah, I, I don't think savings is really the issue, especially when you're talking about jail. But, um, you know, you know, they would they would get to choose, and then they would get to work doing things um, at this jail, and uh, they, they could, could choose. also choose not to work, but they then they choose. wouldn't get to eat. Well, they could they could eat if they paid. To well, they'd eat. have to pay for it, yeah, or someone else would have to sponsor them from the outside, or that they could the have their own money. I mean, true. if you're That's rich true. enough not to work, there's no reason for you to work, right? Right. I mean, if if you have enough money in the bank, there's no reason you should have to work in jail or out. Mm-hmm. So um, that way, the you don't have the, uh, the this governmental system growing and growing and growing off and benefiting off of all these people that are put in uh, prison. It would work the same way on the on the other side. Uh, let's, Department of Correction, or uh, you know, we I sentence the defendant to you know restitution of. $250,000 and one year in prison. And you're also talking about a world where there would be no victimless crimes anymore. So the, the, a huge chunk of today's prison population would no longer be there. Uh, so it would be much more manageable. You'd actually have real criminals that have actually harmed another, another person. Because in order to pay restitution, you have to have someone to pay it to. There has to be a victim. <laughs> you have to have harmed another person or their property in order to pay restitution in the first place. So mm-hmm. smoking a joint... There's no one to pay restitution to there. Buying a prostitute, no one to pay restitution to. No. Uh, so that, I think, would all go these, a long way. All these charges that the, uh, the judicial sim- system just enriches itself off of wouldn't exist. Or looking at pictures of uh, little kids with their heads cut out, uh, cut out and pasted onto photos of adults, no victim, so therefore no one to pay restitution to. You've got yet another story, Mark, about a uh, – uh, apparently these cases are popping up more often now. Where some weirdo with a fetish about kids has decided he wanted to make his own child pornography, but without actually involving real children 
in real pornographic situations. So therefore, in my opinion, it doesn't have anything to do with child porn and it has everything to do with a thought crime. But what's happened, Mark? Where Where's it coming from? It looks like uh, Dade City, uh, Florida. Mm. It, it, all the strangest stories... Florida or Germany. <laughs> the uh, volunteer Sunday school teacher is facing... How many Sunday school teachers get paid? I can't imagine many. Okay. Is facing child pornography charges after investigators say he took photographs of young girls and pasted their faces on sexually explicit pictures of adult women. Hmm. I have not been able to ascertain from this article whether these pictures, uh, with these photographs, were of the young girls... In his class? In his class. Haven't been able to ascertain that. Still Let's disturbing. Say yes. Let's but, say they were. Okay. I mean, Let's, that would make sense, right? Because we know that... We can get those photographs. We sure. know the pervs are attracted to jobs where they deal with kids, and so it would make sense that this guy would be a, a Sunday school teacher. So he takes the pictures of his kids in his class for whatever... You know, I whatever was a Sunday school teacher once. Were you really? Yeah. What? When was this? Uh, I was probably in 16 jail? or 17. No. Oh, okay. No, they, they don't let convicts teach Sunday school to little kids, no. Oh, I just imagined... As, I envisioned as you great t- of an idea as that is, Ian. No, I envisioned you teaching it to other convicts. Uh, no. Okay, guys. More coming up here. Uh, about this story, the details, we'll uh, talk about them and want to hear from you as well at 800-259-9231. Turn to Genesis, Chapter 7. They even have chapters in that book? Yeah. They call them, okay, I thought they called them chapter and verse. More on the way. You take control. It is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. Sakel CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy them on us. And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, then order something from the Free Talk Live store. Uh, We've got all kinds of great merchandise branded with our logo, even some stuff that's not branded with the logo. Uh, An original design called the Free Marketeer logo. It's on a T-shirt. And it's also available in a fairly large flag, which I think looks pretty spiffy. So head over to store.freetalklive.com and buy some stuff. That's store.freetalklive.com. Yet another thought crime in America. They're not calling them thought crimes, though. They're calling it child porn. Well, thought crime is, is, is it, you know, it just doesn't go over well. Yeah. Uh, now, when I hear the terms child porn, it seems pretty cut and dry to me. It seems like child porn would have to involve a child, therefore not meaning a teenage girl or teenage boy. A child, meaning prior to puberty. It would have to involve a child involved in some sort of pornographic exploit. Perhaps having sex or doing some sort of sexual thing with themselves. But it would seem that sex would have to be a factor in, in that uh, in order for it to be pornography. For instance, in the past, we've heard stories of parents getting in trouble for taking a picture of their three-year-old while he's taking a bath and taking those photos to the, the nearest uh, photo developer. Quickie Mart or whatever. Because yeah. apparently some people still use film cameras. Uh, <laughs> well, the, some of the old, uh, the, the, uh, they are rather the old. Yeah. yeah. And so the uh, you know they go and they take the film in. They don't realize what they've done is going to get them in trouble. Uh, otherwise, they'd probably be more discreet about it. There are pictures a, of me out there at four years yeah. old in bathtubs with other kids. And these these parents get in trouble for it. And that was the the beginning of the absurdities. But now it's getting worse. Now it's to the point where someone who clearly has a disturbing issue, somebody who is a Sunday school teacher who's taken photos, presumably, of his kids in the class, Mm -hmm. 
and taken the heads of the kids and pasted them onto nude uh, women. Sexually explicit pictures of adult women. They found this guy, they found out about him, and now he's in trouble. What's the rest of the story, Mark? An investigation was started in March by the Dade City Police Department after someone found 90 photographs of young girls with the faces cut out in a dumpster off Highway 35A. This amazes me. <laughs> they're digging. What? They're they're digging through someone's garbage Who looking for this stuff. I mean, only certain people dig through garbage, right? There are homeless people. They dig through through the garbage. Garbage seem, men, I suppose. Doesn't Do seem it. likely a homeless guy would report that. Garbage men, I guess. And there are occasional private people that will go and and dig through garbage looking for treasure, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Uh, but wow, how did they? Tra- Does it explain how they tracked him down? Well, the police found the name and address of 38-year-old Danny Lynn Parker of Kathleen inside the trash. I would assume oh, then that's nice. that means that it was in a bag. Mm-hmm. Most people have their trash in bags, right? So he tossed it in his garbage, cut the pictures out, you know, faces out, uh, mm-hmm. you know, put it in the garbage, uh, along with his address with some, you know, likely yeah, some, some letters and th- sure. that kind of thing. During a search of Parker's home, detectives found homemade uh, a foam, homemade photograph album that Parker created where he had pasted the young girls' faces onto sexually explicit photographs of women's bodies in various magazines, according to the sheriff's office. His victims range from the age of 5 to 15, hmm. say detectives. Wow. Detectives say Parker took the girls' photographs himself okay, at the Lakeland uh, Acres Baptist Church. Well, I, I you know, had, a, had just a, like a snippet of the story earlier. Sure, sure. Where, the volunteers, uh, where he volunteers as a Sunday school teacher. Hopefully Lake they Wales, canceled. His... I used to work for the city of Lake Wales. Lake Wales Care Center, where he volunteers as a youth camp, um, at the youth <laughs> camp as a photographer. Go figure. Mm. Photographer, uh, excuse me, Parker, the photographer, admitted to purchasing adult pornographic magazines from Hillsborough and Pasco counties, detectives say, and altering the images to reflect child porn. Is What is the charge? Is it child porn? Possession of child pornography? Parker faces 90 counts of sexual performance oh by gosh. a child and one count of possession of images of child pornography. He will make an, a first appearance in the Polk County... Wait, 90 court. counts of sexual performance, performance by, by a, a child? child? Yeah. They did not ch- perform in any sexual manner. Well, you know how the cops do it. They throw anything they can at the wall and see what sticks. And what was the other charge? One, one charge count of possession of images of child pornography. Why didn't they give him 90 counts of... Uh, I mean, if there was a bunch of pictures... Images is plural... So huh. it's only one crime, but possessing all 90? I've heard of stories before. Maybe maybe it's a Florida thing. I've heard stories before where each that is image. Florida. I know. Okay. Uh, maybe it's a Florida law that you can only charge them once. But I've heard stories where people will get charged for every single image they have. Maybe I misheard them. I don't know. But, man. Now, look. The guy's a weirdo. And he's probably pretty sick. And his fetish is bizarre and unusual. But he didn't hurt any kids. Nope. Now, I understand somebody could be out there saying, well, this was just the first step on the path to him hurting kids. Maybe. Maybe. But he didn't hurt anybody. Yeah, but but we don't charge, you know, no, I, I just, I you know, I, I have to agree with you that this is, it's aberrant. But no, I don't think that, he, you know, I think that now that they found this out. He should be, uh, you know, kicked out of his little job there, uh, mm-hmm. you know, doing the Sunday school thing. Yeah, that makes sense. Ostracize uh, him, sure. Kick him out of his job at the, you know, the the church summer camp. I, I ostracize him and give him the opportunity to to find some help. I mean, if he probably, I don't know what his personal viewpoint is, but there's a chance that he could be wanting help, but he's probably frightened to death of going and telling someone about his uh, little issue. So give him the opportunity to, you know, check into a clinic or go to group therapy or. Talk to somebody about this. But no, what they're going to do is they're going to put him in a jail cell where he can hang out with, what, other sickos? 
and uh, criminals. And we, the taxpayers, get the the privilege of paying to keep this guy in jail? At least he was doing something productive before. He was a photographer. He was getting paid to do something. And now you're plucking him out of the economy, mm-hmm. and you're treating him like a criminal, even though he's never harmed another person. A- am I wrong for suggesting that this guy should be left uh, alone as far as the, the crime world is concerned, as far as the, the criminal justice system is concerned? 1-800-259-9231. I understand the argument that, well, this is the beginning step, and he could be progressing towards blah, blah, blah. But how old was this guy? Does it say in the article, Mark? Is he in his 38. 30s? Late 30s. All right. Look. I doubt this problem manifested last year. It seems very unlikely to me that this guy has been only interested in children for the last few months. Doesn't it seem unlikely to you? I mean, how does that develop, right? What do you think it would develop early on in life based on, you know, whatever circumstances? Maybe he was molested. That seems to be a, one of the major factors. Maybe he was molested as a kid and, for whatever reason, ever since then had been interested in young People, but were they? There was females, all females. Uh, yeah. Okay. And young females, isn't that possible? So therefore, he's he's gone from you know all this time, thirty-eight years of his life, and he hasn't actually molested anybody yet that we know of. Okay, that we know of. Uh, he hasn't actually done anything yet except for manipulate some photographs. No crime has been committed, and shouldn't in in a country where you should have a victim in order to have a crime. Seems Sh- to me. Shouldn't we kind of hold off on the whole prosecution thing until there actually is a victim? I mean, if he sits there for the rest of his life, a life and spends his free time pasting the images of five-year-olds... What ugh. does it hurt any, anyone? If he, if he spends the rest of his free time pasting images of five-year-old faces onto the naked bodies of adult women, I mean, that doesn't even... How could anyone even say that's child porn? I mean... Unless they were women that had awfully petite figures, and I don't know about you, but I haven't seen very many women uh, over 18 or even over 12 that look like a five-year-old. So how could you even say? I mean, that's that's not even child porn. That's just like bizarre combino porn. <laughs> I mean, well, I, I find it disturbing. Yeah, uh, I, I find it sure. disturbing that to me that what, what that says is he's looking at in a sexual manner, looking at these. Uh, uh, young girls that mm-hmm. uh, you know he's he's looking after in Sunday school and uh, summer camp, and that bothers me. But yeah, don't you know, send your kids to summer school or summer camp. You or, know uh, Sunday I mean, school rather. I just he hasn't he hasn't touched any of them from what I can tell, and that should be the line. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Do we know what he's facing as far as uh, potential? These are probably felonies. Yeah, right? I'm sure they're Nine, felonies. I uh, would imagine at the very least five counts. years. 90 counts. I, I think that they'll drop the those sure 90 counts, uh, but... Uh, well, they'll drop one, it to one count or something Well, like this this one, uh, the, the 90 counts of sexual performance by a child, likely to go um, to get dropped. The one count of possession of images of child pornography, I bet you they're going to try to make that stick. If you think it's wrong what he did, if you think he should be punished uh, well, by... I the, think it's wrong. Okay, if you think it should be punished by... I don't think it's wrong, I think it's weird... I don't if think we think should pay to, uh, to to put him in jail. If if you think he should be put in jail, how would you feel if you found if the cops found a book full of drawings? Would that be the, would you feel the same way about that, or is there something special about the fact that he used the real kids? 
Is there a difference there? Because the, um, let me tell you, the government probably won't see a difference. No, they and don't. And the government's going to keep going down this road of this thought lo- crime. This drawing looks distinctly like one of your students. Yep. 3D renderings. How about that? 1-800-259-9231. You can take control. Hour 3 is coming up. This is Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into hour number three of the program, and you can bring up anything toll-free at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features on the site are free. Including the updates. Get on the list and we'll keep you in the loop whenever there's something fresh you need to know about the program. Just go to updates.freetalklive.com and get on it for free. That's updates.freetalklive.com. Is another fad diet really the answer to losing those extra pounds? Are working out and eating right no longer helping to, um, helping you to, to lose weight? If you can relate to that, then go read the story of a doctor who lost 37 pounds in one month and kept it off. See the actual before and after pictures and read his story at notfatanymore.com. Want to get off the fad diet roller coaster forever? Then check out notfatanymore.com. Now, if you're just tuning in, last hour you missed a story about a guy who was doing something pretty weird, pretty disturbing. Uh, a guy who was a social, uh, not social, Sunday school teacher. Sunday school teacher and photographer at a summer camp who, I mean, it's not really a shock anymore. It seems like people that are in these positions are more likely than not to be perverted, but. He was taking pictures of the kids that he was teaching and then cutting their heads out of the photos he took and pasting them, of the females, pasting the females onto uh, photos of adult women who are naked. He got caught, and now he's being charged with child pornography, as well as performance, sexual performance of a child, which is bizarre to me. It doesn't make any sense. No child performed for that. Right. The children had no idea what they were uh, being involved with. And it is weird. It is bizarre. It is sick. Should it be illegal? I say no, because he didn't actually hurt anybody. Now, on the other hand, the Associated Press has a story of a man that really needs to get into some trouble. Authorities have charged a western Oklahoma sheriff. Well, you know if it's the sheriff, it's going to be a bad thing, right? Yeah. Seems like the sheriffs are just involved. Sheriffs in this country are involved with some despicable things, including uh, selling drugs, which normally isn't despicable, but it's despicable when it's done by them because they don't want anyone else to sell the drugs. They'll, they'll arrest any of the other drug dealers in the county, but they get to get away with it. Uh, but in this case, it wasn't drugs. Uh, this particular sheriff has been charged with coercing and bribing female inmates so he could use them in a sex slave operation run out of his jail. Custer County Sheriff Mike Burgess resigned Wednesday just as state prosecutors filed 35 felony charges against him, including 14 counts of second-degree rape, 7 counts of forcible oral sodomy, and 5 counts of bribery by a public official. What the hell is oral sodomy? Burgess, the top officer in the county of 26,000 people since 1994, appeared in court Wednesday and was released after posting $50,000 bail. 50000 That was it, huh? That's all for the uh, sheriff yeah. who... Molested and fifty thousand dollars really is low in comparison to what I see in a lot of these stories for a lot of things. Um, you know, bail's just supposed to be about 
whether or not you'll flee and to prevent you from fleeing. And and they just use it to uh, to stuff their jails so that they get more money and more funds from different places. Uh, I guess they didn't want the uh, the sheriff to have to stay in the jail that he might have administrated. I guess in the past. Well, he would just have to be in a protective cell. A message left at uh, Burgess's home Thursday was not immediately returned. Among other things, he is accused of having sex with a female drug court participant who was in his custody. The crimes are said to have occurred uh, between a two-year period of 2005 and 2007. A federal lawsuit filed in October claims Burgess told one drug court participant he would have her sent to prison if she didn't comply with his sexual demands. The lawsuit filed by... Drug court. I mean, just a stinking drug court. And he probably was lying. I mean, cops lie, so maybe he couldn't really send the girl to prison, but if she didn't know that, he could lie to her and tell her he would, and then she'd blow him. She's a, uh, you know, she's, 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 he's in a position of power, so I, I don't see why she wouldn't believe that. The lawsuit filed by 12 former inmates, this sounds like it's right out of one of those bad Cinemax movies. The prison, <laughs> no, 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 I haven't even read it yet. Listen to this. The lawsuit filed by 12 former inmates alleges the sheriff's employees had them engage in wet t-shirt contests and offered cigarettes to those who had flashed their breasts. One prisoner alleged she became a jail trustee with more freedom after agreeing to perform a sex act on Burgess, but then lost that status when she later refused. Burgess also faces two Wait, counts. I only had to do one. <laughs> he also it's faces never just one, honey. two counts each of sexual battery, rape by instrumentation, Oh my. And subornation of perjury and one count each of engaging in a pattern of criminal offenses, including indecent exposure as well as kidnapping. Hmm. He could be sentenced to 467 years in prison <laughs> if convicted on all counts, special prosecutor James Boring said. <laughs> the lesser sentence would be more likely. I, it does seem more likely. So you have to wonder, you know, if old Sheriff Burgess in Custer County of Population 26,000 has been engaging in this sort of behavior. How often does this happen across the country? Is this the only sheriff who would ever do such things? Doesn't seem likely to me. I bet there's more of them out there. If not the sheriffs, the prison warden. I just, it, to, to me, it seems uh, highly unlikely that you could put men in a uh, more powerful you know a significantly more powerful position than women like mm-hmm. in the, in this case where the sheriff is the you know holds the keys to the county's jail uh, and you wouldn't have things like this happen i'm not saying every man would do it to sure, every not woman everyone. but you know, if the opportunity's there it's going to happen well what was it you have said about prison guards mark that they're barely that different from the prisoners or something like that? Well, they spend like a lot of time there um, and, and often get, uh, you know, they, they often get the same sort of mentality as the, as the convicts themselves. Um, you know, I mean, I've heard prison guards comment this at the same time, that, you know, that's their world. They spend 40 hours a week in prison, and a lot of them do overtime. Mm. Just thought I'd share that with you as yet another example of the continuing police corruption stories that pour out of this country on a weekly basis. If it's not sex, it's drugs, and if it's not drugs, it's sex or something else. Stealing money from people? It's all over the place. And, you know, this should tie back into something we were talking about earlier, tangentially at least, and that was private, uh, the, the private justice system actually getting the government out of the world of uh, justice and, and allowing the marketplace and private arbitrators to compete for this. Same thing with, uh, with, with, um, with cops. If they were run... If uh, protection services were run in the marketplace, then they would be competing on the basis of customer service, 
they would be competing on the basis of fairness, of price, and various different things that we don't get from the cops today. They wouldn't be able to be corrupt because there wouldn't be crimes for drug dealing. There wouldn't be crimes for prostitution. So there would be no way for them to possibly be on the take. They would be competing on the basis of honesty, on the basis of the, uh, the, the, the integrity of their employees. None of this happens today. When bad cops get found out, they get a slap on the hand, and most of them are allowed to stay in the, on the force. It happens a lot. In, in this case, it was so egregious that they had to do something about it. He was it. using the place as his own per- personal brothel. Yeah. But uh, really, it could be a whole lot different if we would just let the marketplace handle protection services. The world would be, this country at least, would be a much more peaceful place. And the sadists would have to go and do something else. Let's go to your phone calls. Dan in Kentucky is on the line. You're on Free Talk Live. Dan. Yes. Uh, I wanted to talk about drinking laws in Indiana. Okay, sure. Um, And I wanted to discuss how I have more freedom in Kentucky than Indiana. All right. Because, And I just thought of this today because I went to a uh, restaurant that had a bar and I bought a Coke. And uh, so it seems like it's like a Coca-Cola, right? A non-alcoholic beverage. Right. Yeah. And yeah. And so it just it dawned on me that when I was in Indiana, uh, that's actually against the law. Buying a Coke in a bar? Well, well, if you're underage and you go to a restaurant has a bar, you're not allowed to uh, buy a Coke. Like when I was there, I had to show my ID. To buy a Coke? To buy a non-alcoholic beverage. To and walk in the door. Well, well, like that's that's the thing. Like I was at a... It was a swing dance event, and there was I went with some younger people, and I was overage, but I wasn't going to drink. So when I go in, they give me the little bracelet that's a certain color that means I'm underage because mm-hmm. I didn't think I needed the overage one. I wasn't going to drink, so I, I don't, you know, I just thought, well, sure. And so I actually had an argument with the bartender saying, I'd like a water, a water, a bottled water. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, he wouldn't sell it to me because I had the wrong color bracelet on. Because of some and, Indiana law. Yeah, and then so I I, I I probably had a very confused look on my face and I started to walk away. And then I thought, oh, wait, I'm over 21. <laughs> and so I go back up there and I show him my ID to just say, well, I'm over 21. If you've got more to the I'd story, like hang on. The idea that these people are criminals to try to get a drink is ludicrous. <laughs> Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up anything via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231. Say CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those, including the wiki. Get interactive with over 1,500 pages created by listeners like you. You can go and enjoy all of that and edit to your heart's content. It's like the listener-editable version of our website at wiki.freetalklive.com, W-Y-K-I.freetalklive.com. How much do you spend on coffee? JustPlainJoe.com offers over 60 different flavors roasted to order from gourmet Arabica coffee beans in whole bean or ground at just $7.99 a 12-ounce package. And it's roasted fresh to order. JustPlainJoe.com. Most orders delivered within three business days via UPS. Buy five packages and save on shipping. That's JustPlainJoe.com. We go back to Dan in Kentucky. Uh, was telling us a story about you were in a bar, I guess, in Indiana, and there's some law... That prevents people who are under the age of 21, if they're in a bar, from ordering a Coca-Cola or a water? Did I get that right? Dan, is he gone? Yes. yes there he is. Yes. I that's got that exactly right. right. Okay. When, when I was uh, 
perceived to be under 21 because I had the wrong color wristband. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were actually telling me to go to another room so I could buy water. And So I you mean, could I buy just, the water in the location, it's just you couldn't buy it at the bar. Right, right. <laughs> that makes sense. It, what what and, was going and, through the heads of the legislators as they passed this particular law? I, I have no idea. Who I was it no protecting? Idea. Well, it I could uh, somebody could uh, you know slip an actual alcoholic beverage to uh, somebody underage <laughs> because they would be at the bar. You'd, like they can only get served at uh, you know location uh, you know at bar places that don't have alcoholic beverages, so they don't get slipped. I'm just trying to come up with something. I guess as though someone I, couldn't I just go up to the bar, order an alcoholic beverage, and then pass it off to the young, the underage person. Yeah, well, I ended up ordering non-alcoholic beverages like water. Because we were dancing, we needed water to dance. Sure. Or you know, you exercise type thing. Yeah. And um, you know, so I ended up buying water at the bar and giving it to the uh, people who are under twenty-one, or, or maybe I would uh, take the same payment that the bar took from me. But uh, so, and uh, and I was thinking, am I breaking the law doing this? Hey, you know, knows, because man. if I did this with alcoholic beverage, I. No, I would be breaking a law, but I'm like, well, once I have the water in my possession, can I not give it to a a minor? (laughs) I'm giving a a water to a minor, so it's just just a very strange situation. Just the uh, the absurdity of the laws continues to... to, continues to astound and continues yeah. to just get worse and worse. And thank you for the call tonight, Dan. We appreciate it. As an example of how this spiral, this downward spiral of just controlling people's every potential purchase and every move. I was at the video game store recently, Mark. Okay. Julia had asked me to purchase a copy of Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. And I went ahead and was going to do that. I was shocked to be carded to buy a, uh, to purchase a video game. Hmm. And I figured, well, it's got to be a corporate policy. It's you know, they're just trying to cover their butts. There are some states around the country that are making it so you have to to show ID in order to purchase an M-rated video game, M for mature. And so I I didn't think New Hampshire would have a law like that yet. Maybe you know this Game GameStop, I believe, is the the name of the store. Yeah, maybe it's that's a, their policy. All it's over. a nationwide chain, and so I asked the person uh, who was checking me out. I said, "Is this a is this a policy of the company, or is this a law?" Now, do understand, maybe the individual behind the counter didn't exactly know what she was talking about. I've it's asked always the possible. same question, and they said it was a policy of the company. The uh, of the GameStop people, right? You got to understand. I mean, you know, I'm, they I'm, told me it was a law and a policy of the company. They well, said it was a new New Hampshire law passed recently. I, I, it, it's difficult to know with these folks. I mean, they're. I would think that the the guys at the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance would have got caught wind of something like this, right? Because there's this organization. In case you don't know, uh, We're Movers is part of the Free State Project, which is a movement of liberty activists moving here to New Hampshire. And some of the things they've been doing, some of the activists have put together this organization that actually reads, from what I understand, all of the legislation that is being proposed. So I don't see how a video game IDing legislation, a uh, piece of legislation, would have caught, gone past them without anyone yeah, raising Yeah, a lot of companies state. just say things like that to shut you up. Yeah. Oh, you, you know, I mean, and people don't even know. People don't know the difference between rules and laws. They just don't know. Well, but the fact is, that partic- even if it was just a corporate rule, it inevitably was in- implemented because of a law passed somewhere. And I believe it was Illinois that was kind of leading the parade on this. I don't know whatever became of their law. I've really been following it closely, but I remember that they were looking at making it so you had to ID people in that state. I think New York City 
was also looking at it as well. Sounds like uh, one of those kind of things. So it's one of those things where one state does it, and then the other states look and they say, ah, Illinois got away with it. Let's do it here. And they pass a law there, and then a nationwide chain like uh, GameStop, it just makes sense for them to implement the the one rule across the board in order to uh, CYA, in order to cover their butts. Yeah. So I was just, you know, yet again... More intrusion into the uh, the purchasing process of products and services. It, one of the difficulties in in this instance is the companies, um, you know, companies themselves and employees um, will will not want to take responsibility for the policy. You know, this is a store policy. The company doesn't want to um, lose customers over a store policy. Mm-hmm. The government has so many intrusive rules and and, and lo- intrusive laws that they can get away with saying something like this with the vast majority of people, and no one will ever check them because it sort makes a pr- pretty good sense. You know, mm. don't you believe that um, th- that it could be a law? Sure. You just brought it up. You know? Yeah, I totally believe it could be a law. I just would have been shocked if it actually was true that New Hampshire had passed that law. But then again, who knows? Maybe they missed a bill or maybe they just didn't consider it important enough to really act on. I don't know. Uh, 1-800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll free line. And if that weren't bad enough, or if that wasn't bad enough, there's a story out of uh, Memphis as well as some other areas of the country where apparently, according to PrisonPlanet.com, three states have been subjected uh, subjected to martial law sweeps. Federal law enforcement agencies co-opted sheriff's offices as well as state and local police forces in three states last weekend for a vast roundup operation that one sheriff's deputy has described as martial law training. Law enforcement agencies in Tennessee, Mississippi, and Arkansas took part in what was described by local media as an anti-crime and anti-terrorism initiative involving officers from more than 50 federal, state, and local agencies. Given the military-style name Operation Sudden Impact, the initiative saw officers from... (laughs) They love that crap, don't they? Oh, yeah, but this is not funny. Uh, The initiative saw officers from six counties rounding up fugitives, conducting traffic checkpoints, climbing on boats on the Mississippi River and doing other crime abatement programs, all under the label of anti-terrorism. According to the Memphis News Channel 3, uh, they reported that the Sheriff's Department had arrested 332 people, 142 of whom were fugitives or terrorists, as they now seem to be known. Hundreds of dollars were seized and drugs recovered, as well as 1,292 traffic violations were handed out to speeding terrorists and illegally parked terrorists. (laughs) The authorities even raided businesses and store owners, confiscating computers and paperwork in an effort to track down possible terrorists before something big happens. The sheriff's department is determining if and when they plan another roundup. The operation, which involved police, deputies, the FBI, drug agents, gang units, and even the Coast Guard, is just one example of how law enforcement at the state and local levels is being co-opted and centralized by the Department of Homeland Security via massive federal grants. And it's also highlighting how the distinction between crime and terrorism is becoming irrelevant. Because really, if you're doing a uh, an operation which supposedly is training for martial law, why is it you're handing out traffic violations? And also, that's what mar- martial law looks like. What was the story about the businesses being raided? Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show... Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can take 
control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. Sickle CAI toll-free line. Ian here with you. And Mark. It's 1-800-259-9231. Invite you to our website, freetalklive.com. The archives are there. If you've missed a moment of the show, go and download them from the front page of the website. Just click. There's no logging in. There's no membership fee. It's all free for you at freetalklive.com. We were talking a moment ago about a story, uh, Prison Planet uh, Infowars reporting, that uh, really has not gotten much coverage even in the areas it occurred. The Operation Sudden Impact is what it was called. Law enforcement agencies in Tennessee, Mississippi, and Arkansas uh, took part in what was described as an anti-crime and anti-terrorism initiative uh, which involved roadblocks, checkpoints, climbing on boats on the Mississippi ri- uh, River. They ended up arresting over 300 people. They ended up giving out almost 1,300 traffic violations. So is it a police state if, they, uh, if they're only doing training when they do their checkpoints and their, uh, their roadblocks? I mean, are we in a police state? But we're, they're only doing training. Well, it wasn't... Tw- it was described as martial law training by one sheriff's deputy. So that wasn't the official term... For what this was, mm-hmm. this was an operation, Operation Sudden Impact. The alleged reason was because of terrorism. So from one of the other stories on this, I went and looked on Google to see how many stories were about this in, mm-hmm. in Memphis, and not not so much. Uh, WREG had a story about the, the, the headline, Law Enforcement Crackdown on Terrorists. Let me tell you, none of those 300 people they arrested were terrorists. Otherwise, they'd be touting the fact that one of them was a right, suspected terrorist. Right, they actually terrorist. caught a terrorist. Right, they were people with, you know, marijuana in their pocket or an outstanding traffic citation that hadn't been paid. Little things like that. That's what they got these people for. But here's what they said uh, about why they were searching boats on the river. The U.S. Coast Guard was part of Saturday's roundup checking a boat on the river. One of the lieutenants said... We look at everything, the safety of the towboat in general. We also check out the crew members just to make sure there's nobody hiding out on the towboat. Felons, criminals, etc. What in the hell would a felon be doing hiding out on a towboat? What is it? I mean, what? What? It just doesn't even make sense. (laughs) Come on, guys. You're just harassing boat owners. Are you telling me that when you're not doing this that the felons are all getting by? I mean, they're all slipping through your grasp yeah, thank- every other time that you're doing not doing this? Well, thank goodness for terrorism now, because now they have an excuse to stop any old boat they want right, to and, that's and it. search them. You and- know, they've got these uh, the boogeyman out there called terrorists, and they can do anything they want now. They can stop you and just you know poke through your boat and yep. all the, this other stuff. Not that they couldn't do that before, honestly, but now no, they, they could. Now they- they're doing it. Right. Now, now they can do it, and they have a, a catch-all excuse. Well, terrorists. We're investing ter- investigating terrorism here. But the, one of the most disturbing parts of the uh, the Prison Planet story was a link to NewsChannel5.com. And a very, very short story, which I consider this story should de- you know deserves pages written about it. So we'll go with whatever little information they give us here. Also in Memphis, federal agencies raided several Memphis businesses in a coordinated effort to find information about possible terrorism ties. They're not even using the immigration excuse at this point, Mark. What it's the hell terrorism. Is, what, businesses? Terrorism? What? The what operation, kind of businesses? The operation is known as Sudden Impact. The FBI, along with hundreds of officers, said they're looking for anything out of the ordinary. <laughs> that's because that's how terrorists are. They're out of, out of the ordinary. Agents took computers and paperwork from the businesses. 
One store owner said he was told the agents were looking for stolen electronics. You know, if they took my computer, I'd be out of business for a little while. Yep. I mean, I'd have to go buy another one immediately. Where and I you, have a where, lot of valuable stuff on yeah, there. You'd have I to mean, have backup. I hope you're backing up your files. Mark. I'm not, really. No, yeah. I'm not. One store owner said he was told the agents were looking for stolen electronics. While some business owners feel they're being targeted, law enforcement officers said they're just trying to track down possible terrorists before something big happens. Am I living in... This is really so strange. What kind of an excuse is that? They don't even know what they're looking for. The excuse is, well, we're just here trying to track down possible terrorists by taking your electronics and taking your computers and paperwork (laughs) from your business? I mean, they don't name the businesses. They don't really get into detail. He says, what we found is traditionally terrorists are involved in a number of lesser-known type crimes, according to the Shelby County Sheriff. What do you know about how many uh, terrorist incidents have you investigated there, Sheriff? How many terrorists have you stopped? Tell me about these terrorists you've gotten. And how many uh, terrorists are out there, you know, picking pockets? I mean, what is he talking about? Do you understand this better than I do? 1-800-259-9231. So far, there's been no word on if any of the confiscated goods have led to any arrests. Now, this article was written on the 14th, and that's four days ago. There's nothing else out there about this, in the news at least. Now, I'm going to look around and see if I can find something from one of these business owners that got raided. What if... Uh, now, they were obviously able to, to interview one of the store owners here, so it doesn't sound like they're under one of those national security letters where they're not allowed to talk about what happened. Mm-hmm. And it's like this story about people having their businesses raided by the feds is completely being almost ignored. This is a three par- teeny little three-paragraph story. It is. Doesn't this seem like huge news to you, Mark? It, 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 it does, but it also seems like the kind of thing that, you know, if you're in business, the government can just do whatever they want to you. Mm-hmm. They can uh, tell you whether you can smoke in there. They can, t- you know, they can come and uh, Take confiscate your, your stuff. They, you know, you could have immigrants in here. You could have terrorists. I, it, it, I'm not surprised at all, and that's, that's the part that makes me the saddest. 800-259-9231, if uh, you want to comment on this story, would love to hear from you, but it, it just... And I wonder how many of these uh, law and order Republicans out there think that this, this would be a really great idea, because how many of, many of them own businesses? Yeah, how would they feel if they break into their business? Would that change their viewpoint at all? Well, it's okay. Go, go ahead there, boys. Take my computers away. You know, it's no problem. I had customers that were going to come in this week. Now I'm not going to know who they are or who to call to tell them not to come in. But, you know, you guys are looking for terrorists, so uh, my business is secondary to your terrorism investigation. Go ahead. It's just my life. You know, it's just your, a... Your nonsense, my, your nonsense BS terrorism investigation. Yeah. Go ahead. Take my uh, computers. It's only everything that I have uh, in the world, uh, all of my information on all my clients and, and vendors and... I'm going to have to shut down my business, but, you know, I wanted to take a vacation anyway, so that's fine. I mean, how would they justify that if they were the, you know, putting yourself into the law enforcement kind of mentality, the law and order mentality, if, if uh, all of a sudden the feds come bursting into your business? And the term raid was used. They raided these businesses, which means they probably weren't just knocking real nice on the front door. They probably had black jackets on and helmets and the, the whole raid paraphernalia. Can, they love can, that stuff. Do you Believe mind me, if, we if the cops around? have an opportunity to put on helmets, flak jackets, have the big shields and um, put and, and pull out the MP5s, they do so. Yeah. yeah, it probably wasn't, oh, excuse me, sir, do you mind if we check around here for terrorism? No, no. They were forced. It was a raid. It was violent. It was scary. 
And how, how many people could go through that and afterwards say, well, everything changed after 9-11. This is what you have to, you just have to understand. This is the new America. Let's go to the phones and talk to Ryan in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live. Ryan. Hey, guys. Hey. Um, there's a good reason they didn't use the immigration excuse and use the terrorism excuse there, because it's completely legal for them to do that. The now, immigration excuse is illegal? In this particular case, it's they're on better legal ground to, to say terrorism. Now, the reason is, um, as I'm sure you know, there, there are two distinct types of crimes. There's malum in se, which is... Things that are wrong because they're wrong, you know. Like murder. Any, any crime with a victim. Mm-hmm. And then there's malum prohibitum, which are, it's against the law because we say so. Like drugs. Right. Okay. Now, um, the U.S. government's definition of terrorism is any and all malum in se crimes. So murder is terrorism. Murder is terrorism. Bur- burglary is, is terrorism. terrorism. Anything with a victim is defined as terrorism as far as the feds are concerned. Yeah, but they're also saying drug dealers are terrorists, too. So they're, they're kind of conflating the two together anyway. Yes, but if, they, if it came down to a, a court problem, they'd be able to defend it saying this is, the government says that anything that hurts somebody is terrorism. Well, plus, so, so that at any time they can go looking for somebody who has hurt someone um, under the under the guise of terrorism. I think you're right, though, Ryan. And if you've got more comments, hang on. I think you're right, though, because if the business doesn't have any Hispanics working for it, then they'll look pretty bad if they go in on the reasons of immigration. But if it's terrorism, well, anybody could be a terrorist. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. Even in these remaining moments, just enough time for your call. 800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features on our site are free, so enjoy those. And if you like the show, then shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. When you enter Amazon through that link, Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. So you can buy uh, virtually anything. 41 categories of products. Everything from new items to used items shipped, in many cases, free. Free Super Saver shipping on orders over $25 on a whole bunch of items. Uh, so you get great deals on the products that you trust, the brands that you, uh, you you know all about, and you can read reviews even of many of the products there. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Start your shopping there at Free Talk Live. Gets a percentage. Uh, we're talking about a pretty disturbing story that has gotten next to no media coverage. There are very, very few blogs even talking about it. Uh, it's called Operation Sudden Impact. And it happened uh, primarily in Memphis, Tennessee, but also in three other or two other states, uh, Mississippi and Arkansas. And it really, I, I was just poking around throughout the entire break, looking for stuff, looking for something somewhere of one of these business owners that was raided. They also did uh, traffic stops. They also did checkpoints. They also did all kinds of uh, roundups and things like that. But one of the included portions that I found particularly interesting was that businesses in Memphis, Tennessee, were raided and they had their computers and paperwork stolen from them, confiscated by federal agents under the guise of a terrorist investigation. Where did they get all these agents to do this? I mean, oh well, that's a good question. I was actually looking at uh, some some goons blog here. It's the if you go in and you look under uh, open quotes Operation Sudden Impact on Google, 
It's not coming up right now. But there was a, one of the cops that was involved in this was blogging about it. Mm-hmm. He actually said that he couldn't talk about some of the stuff for a certain period of time, like 24 hours or something like that. So I, I'm not really sure what that means. But now he, they're keeping state secrets. But he listed all of the uh, the police agencies that were involved, and it it was quite a few. Uh, I mean, it was agency after agency after agency. So it was pretty much all of the police departments in the states. It was federal agents as well, uh, all involved in this. So they really turned out the cops. And I saw some of the uh, the frames from the news footage with the cops just sitting in rows receiving instructions. So it's state and federal. State and federal. Okay. Yeah. And local, I, I believe as well. So the local PDs were also involved. Uh, so so we're back with Ryan here. Ryan saying the reason why they didn't pick immigration as their excuse to to mess around with people is it's just not wide cutting enough. Uh, you know, if you you go after terrorism, then everybody's a suspect, right, Ryan? Ryan, much there? yes. Um, the the best way to put it is the contemporary definition of terrorism is essentially um, inciting the fear of violence as a way to enact social or political change. So how can they do this? Uh, you know, looking at the you know taking in consideration the Fourth Amendment, how is it that they can uh, just go in and search your business? That's because the U.S. government's definition is. Any act which harms a person or property and is against the law. So, but how um, do they know I haven't done? I mean, how do they know I? They they don't have a, a warrant. Uh, excuse well, me here. That's because um, due to most of the legislation pertaining to quote unquote terrorism, um, over you know they try and override most constitutional protections in the name of protecting people from terrorism. However, under their own definition, if you bounce a check, you're a terrorist. Mm. So it, it, it's a really good way to, to get in there and get this really controversial legislation passed, saying, oh, it's only going to be used against terrorists, when their own definition of terrorism is something completely different than, you know, it, it goes down to legalese again. Mm-hmm. You know, you bounce a check, you're a terrorist. Yeah, I feel uh, this is just going to get worse. They're going to keep this up, and Americans sure. aren't going to be able to do you know, anything about the it. The police departments don't want to have to worry about warrants and things like that, and, and, and this is just great as far as they're concerned. Yeah, it doesn't, you know, the story is so generic, it doesn't mention any detail as far as if they had warrants or anything like that. And, of course, we all know that the warrants today are r- rubber stamps, if they can get them at all, so it's not even really a big deal to have a warrant anymore. You know, and I don't feel, I, I don't feel the worst in the world for somebody who committed a crime and then the cops... Uh, you know, break the uh, break the rules to go find um, to to go after that person, if, especially if that crime hurts somebody. But what I feel really bad for here is the business owners. I mean, I would be my business would be crippled if they mm-hmm. took my computer. Ryan, any other thoughts? No, that's about it for today. Thanks for the call. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Here is the blog I was referencing. It's called Memphis Etc. The headline of this particular entry: Operation Thug Hunting, or How I Spent My Saturday Night. This is from one of the cops. Over 50 law enforcement agencies came together this weekend for Operation Sudden Impact. They said my name for it wasn't PC enough. In any case, a whole boatload of the popo got together and ran gang interdictions, traffic saturations, drug sweeps, fugitive searches, and some other things I can't tell you about for a 24-hour period. It was fun. On the serious side, we know the Mid-South agencies can work together and bring a lot of police presence and firepower down on a given area if we ever need to do it in a hurry. Then he goes and lists the agencies involved, courtesy of the Shelby County Sheriff's website, since you asked, Mark. 
United States Attorney's Office, United States Coast Guard, Federal Protection Services, Federal Bureau of Investigation, United States Immigration and Customs Enforcement, Office of Investigations, Office of Deportation and Removal, United States Marshal, United States Good Secret Lord. Service, Transportation Security Administration, Drug Enforcement Administration, Tennessee Attorney General Memphis, Tennessee Bureau of Investigation, Tennessee Office of Homeland Security, Nashville, Tennessee Department of Safety, Tennessee Probation and Parole, West Tennessee Violent Crimes Task Force, Judicial Districts 28, 29 and 30, Memphis International Airport Police, Union Pacific Railroad Police, and then that's just the end of the first section. The rest of them is by county in Tennessee, all of the police departments and sheriff's office in Lauderdale, Tipton, Shelby, Mississippi, uh, and... Mississippi's the name of Missis- a county? Excuse me, that's not a county, it's, it's Mississippi. So pretty much every police department and every potential, every possible federal agency uh, involved in hmm. uh, crime and that you can imagine. I... I <laughs> It's an incredible list. All coming down and focusing in on one area as a result, over 1,200 tickets given out, over 300 people arrested, and apparently a handful of businesses had their uh, equipment just stolen from them. It's crazy. And people don't think we live in a police state. I don't think it's they know because it doesn't this. happen to them. They, right. they, they don't pay attention right. to the news. They're watching E! Entertainment. They're, they're but even if, they pay, if, even if they watch the news, it's, this is just so brushed over. Right. There weren't, there weren't that many stories on it in, um, to begin with. The st- and the stories it's not interesting even to the the um, news uh, agencies. Well, and and the stories are uh, they're they you know they're painted in the old pro police kind of mantra. Mm-hmm. Oh, look at these uh, brave officers out here putting their lives on the line, helping keep us safe from terrorism. For instance, the beginning of the story from WREG says, traveling around Memphis, you probably don't think much about terrorists, but law officers do. Sort of suggesting that our They're keeping vigilant, us safe when we're not paying attention. That's right. Our vigilant law officers are out there on the streets looking for terrorism. Ever watchful. So, uh, so yeah. So look for this to spread. Because what they're doing here is they're kind of testing the waters. This is what government does. You know, it'll, it'll test the waters to see if it can get away with certain things. Certain things that are probably just on the, you know, by their own rules, illegal. This is, we, we've seen this is how government works. They'll do things that are by their own rules illegal, and they'll continue to do them until someone calls them onto the carpet for it. Right, because, yeah, they, they just test the limits. Yeah, because if you don't take them to court and challenge them on their own rules, then they get away with breaking them for all of time. Right, so, and rules are annoying to anyone. And I mean, who most, wants rules? And most of the people they're going to pick on are not going to have the wherewithal or the knowledge or the know-how to go and challenge these government goons in court. Most of them are just going to want to get on with their lives and put this behind them and, and just move on. And so they can, they can be pretty confident in the fact that they are going to be able to do these things pretty much unmolested. And, of course, as you said before, Mark, business owners are willing to bend over for the government because their assets are on the line and their investments are on the line. The business owners just want it to go away, too, yeah, for the most please, part. Yeah, please. I just want – I've got employees to, to pay here. I, you know, I've got uh, Customers cash service. flow issues, and, sure. and you're screwing me up. I, I, you know, my business is designed to be open all the time. You're shutting me down to do this. So, so they're testing the water here to see what will happen if hundred, literally dozens of agencies, police agencies, converge on one area and set up what appears to be a total police state to see what people's response will be. And it seems to me like the media could give a flip. If they do pay attention, it's, oh, look, isn't this great? 
And then if uh, and then nobody else is even saying anything about it. Yeah, they're doing a crappy job of protecting. You know, the media's job is to uh, keep keep law enforcement in check, and they're doing a very very bad job. I couldn't even find blogs. I searched on Google by the last seven days. The only blog I spotted, at least, and there might be more. I only had a, a limited amount of time to look. But the only obvious blog I saw was the one from the cop. Where are the business owners complaining about the fact that they were raided? It says in the article that some of them were complaining because they were targeted. But have they done anything else about it? Spread the word? Told people what happened? Given some detail? I want detail. Anyway, get ready to see more of this coming to America and a uh, portion of it near you. It's Vinny in here with you. And Mark. See you tomorrow night. Online in the meantime, freetalklive.com. The cynic says, I started losing my hair and there was nothing I could do. I wore a baseball cap because I was self-conscious. The believer says, I started using Avacor two months ago, and already I'm regrowing my own hair. My bald spot is going. No caps for me. Are you a cynic? Avacor's formula is FDA approved to regrow your own hair in as little as two months. Avacor's topical formula contains the only ingredient approved by the FDA to regrow hair without risk of sexual side effect. Call right now and ask about getting a free month supply of Avacor and receive boost just for trying Avacor. Boost can make your hair visibly thicker with its first application. Call 1-800-451-8920. That's 1-800-451-8920. This is a limited time offer, so call now. Call 1-800-451-8920. 1-800-451-8920. Or log on to avacorradio.com.